Hey people, it's Ashley, back for another episode of Parents Are People. Thank you so much for tuning in. Do people still say tune in with podcasts? Because I guess you're not tuning into a station. Are you tapping in? Should we say tap in? Thanks for coming. Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. (laughs) This week's episode is titled Father Time. My guest, Rudy, comes on to talk to us about the journey he went through to get custody of his daughter. The challenges that came along with it, the reality of the situation, and also some wisdom from a perspective of an older man looking back on it. He also shares about what it was like to get the opportunity to form a close relationship and bond with his daughter. This is an episode that I hope gets everywhere that it needs to. Me and Parents Are People are advocates for parents, period. We are also a loud supporter of father's rights. Because to be honest, they're rights that get overlooked. And knowing Rudy and fathers like Rudy are one of the reasons I I am that loud of an advocate. Of course, there are lots of reasons uh, as to why someone may not be utilizing their rights, but certainly don't want it to be due to lack of information. So Rudy's here to share his journey and talk to us about that. And I hope that somebody out there learned something, hears something. Hope you enjoy. Hey, Rudy. Oh, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I just want to start off by thanking you, of course, for coming on and being willing to share your story with people. I invited you here today because I think that you have a really awesome and unique perspective on your parenting experience that other people would be delighted and informed to hear. It's my pleasure to be here, and I thank you for having me. So introduce yourself a little bit to the people. Okay. My name is Rudy Falana. I'm a father of two, a 13-year-old boy, a 14-year-old girl. I was a, a single father of my oldest child, and I work in the IT field. That pretty much sums me up. That's, that's who I am. This is, that's Rudy. <laughs> All right. So you've had the experience of having to utilize the courts to obtain custody of your child. And like you say, you were a single father for a while. So can you tell me a little bit about what motivated you to take that step? Okay. So what motivated me was originally we started dealing with the courts when my daughter was three years old. I'm not three years, but three days old. So soon as she was born, you know, and I have been reading and just trying to get everything on paper, my visitation, you name it. I just want to everything to just be written in stone so we could have some sort of guidelines. It, so take it from about three days until about six months. She was six months old and we finally got in court. You could already tell things were not going to go and we're not going to be handled amicably. I can speak from a 40-year-old man that uh, probably <laughs> I didn't handle the best things on my side, you know, and she didn't handle the best things on her side. You know, uh, you sometimes can be a terrible thing. So I say by the time I got through, my daughter was about six months, we were finally going to court. And the first court session, I was, you know, I was so naive to it. 
And I'm telling, you know, this is just child sport. They're, they're financial, right? And I'm, I remember I was in the court and I'm so frustrated because I'm like, I'm not getting my time with her. I can't see her. And I'm, and I'm, and you know, they're like, we don't have anything to do with that. We just want to make sure you cover your financial obligations. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. I don't have a problem with paying. I just want to be in her life. So at that point, heated, you know, emotions are overflowing. And there's this guy who comes out the back. His name was Mr. Stevens. And he was part of the fatherhood program. And he comes in, he's like, hey, brother, calm. He pulls me to the back. He's like, brother, calm down. I'm part of the fatherhood program. We help fathers be a part of the child's life. And at that time, to be honest with you, it was a blessing that he was there because I was just, you know, 24 year old and I was just lost, right? I had never been through this. Nobody that I knew that I could rely on had uh, been at that point where the parties were just had completely different views. So what happened was, I started going to the fatherhood program and I can tell you that my journey wasn't without some trials and tribulations when I didn't understand that the fatherhood program, they treat all the fathers the same. At, and this is at that time that may have changed where they were like, Hey, we're going to help you get a job. We're going to help you. If you want to go back to school for training, if you want to do this. And I'm like, so I'm sitting in this class and I'm like, this isn't even for me. I was like, you know, I had just gotten out of school, you know, I, I was working. So, you know, I was on my path, but I was still having to, to deal with this. But I can tell you the blessing of it, it taught me a lot of patience because it's a slow process. But it also gave me a lot of knowledge about what I was going to go through. So that's really how I got started, even finding out about what options a father had. That's awesome. So just a shout out to folks like the fatherhood program exists in a lot of states. Okay. And I don't think that it's a, a resource that folks tap into a lot. And so I'm so glad that you mentioned that and you brought that up because again, that's something people need to know that they do exist and they also assist, they assist non-custodial parents in general. Right. So even for mothers who may be having custody things, I've seen the fatherhood be helpful to people in those situations as well, but that's so dope. And that, and I love that they're right there, right? They caught you in that moment, like, Yes, because <laughs> at that time I was, I just felt so frustrated because I felt like nobody was listening. And he just came on over and just whispered to me and, you know, took me in the back. Also, when mentioning the fatherhood, they cut out a lot of the, they're, like you said, for moms or dads, they can be an agent for you, a voice of reason. Whereas I'd go to the fatherhood program and we'd have visitation set right there. So it can be a neutral ground. You have somebody there. So, you know, to kind of take out the, hostility of the situation. Sometimes when you're meeting and it's a neutral ground or you're meeting somewhere, again, it's it's a very emotional time. Emotions can overflow. You know, um, no matter what the, the, the relationship that you have with that person, if you're going through this, obviously it didn't work out. And there could be some feelings that are still lingering. I think that's that's such a great point to bring up because you're right. Regardless of what you're trying to do, you both have the best interest of, of the child in mind, yeah. uh, hopefully. And, and the end result, yeah, you know, 
but at the end of the day it's it's emotional right right it, it is and no matter what it is each party feels like they're doing what is right mm-hmm. so you just have to sometimes they do need that third person in right so we went to the fatherhood program for a while it didn't work just of course like I said my daughter was young she might have I've been there so this you know it's a slow process like I said so she might have just been getting to a year she had she wasn't quite a year yet because she wasn't walking and we would go down to the fatherhood program and it just didn't work so then we ended up getting a uh, garden at litem at hand and you know through some claims and things to garden at litem I had to have supervised visits and this is where it, I didn't even know that, but it's a costly thing. I can tell you, very expensive. I can tell you back in the day, she was $250 an hour, but I could, each side has to pay their half of the $250. So sometimes that slows down the claim, and, you know, these, these accusations and things because it's money coming out of their pocket, both each of you all's pockets. So sometimes that helps calmer heads but I remember I was with the garden at Lightham at a park one day with my daughter she had just started walking and she was falling down you know things of that sort and this guy was there with his daughter and our and our daughters actually ended up playing together and we just struck up a conversation he knew a family member of mine and I guess he had seen us before and he was like well he had just gotten custody of his daughter and I was like what? How do you do that? You know, I'm still new to this. He was like, well, I had, you know, I had gone through some things and we just went through the course going back and forth. His, I think his daughter was like five at that, at that time. And he was like, hey man, this is something that can be done. He was like the first person I ever met. Never seen the guy again either, which is weird. Uh, <laughs> I never seen him again, but we just held a whole conversation. And that was the first time I'd ever heard of a, of a guy getting custody of a child so then things just started falling in place we of course we were going to court i say mm, once every three months mm-hmm. you know going back and forth trying to get things together and just one time it just ended up the i got temporary custody and then after that i got permanent custody and by that time my daughter was two mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this was a long process. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. With a lot of learning curves, I imagine, because it's definitely not something that is common knowledge. Right. Um, yes. What obtaining rights actually looks like from the father's perspective when you're not married. Correct. Yes. It's, for me, I thought it was as long as you signed the birth certificate, like everything just goes all the way, right? There's another process that you have to go through. You have to get legitimized. And this may have changed between now and then, but you have to get legitimized and then you're recognized. So it's a process. Hey, it's Ashley jumping in here in real time. We kind of skirted past that word of legitimation. And so I wanted to circle back around to it. Several states have these laws. I'm going to give you guys the specifics of Georgia since that's the state Rudy went through this process in. Legitimation is the process that a father has to go through if his 
children are born out of wedlock. So if you have a child outside of marriage, you have to go through the process of legitimation to legally claim your child. Signing the birth certificate does not give you legal rights to your child. Outside of marriage, you have to go through a court process. Which, to be fair, marriage is also a legal process to claim your spouse, essentially. So I'm pulling this information from georgialegalaid.org. It's been updated as recent as 2022. Legitimation is the process that fathers, other than marriage to the mother, to establish their paternal rights to their children. Without legitimation, these fathers have no right to custody or visitation with the children, though the law say they have the obligation to support them financially. So you could be paying child support and not have legal rights. You heard Rudy mention it earlier that even though he was paying child support, he was still not automatically given the right to see his child. Without legitimation, mothers have sole custody of children born out of wedlock. Also, children born out of wedlock do not automatically have the right to inherit from their fathers. This is another thing. If you wish to have legal rights to your child, including custody and visitation or the right to object to an adoption, you must legitimate the child. So there's all sorts of legal things that can be done without your consent if you've not gone through the process. Now, of course, if you show up to the office and say, hey, that's my child, someone's gonna say, okay, here's the steps that you need to take and so that we can consider you, but you have to know your rights and how to access them. So that's why I wanna share this information. How a person becomes legitimized is that you have to file a petition for legitimation with the courts. So I'm pulling this information from georgialegalaid.org. Check it out if you need more. Back to the interview. The greatest thing I can say, if you know somebody who's gone through it, uh, lean on them. Take them out to lunch. Take them out. So you can at least have a... No, no two situations are the same, but you will at least have some insight of what you're about to go. Absolutely. So, okay, so you bring up the fact it was a process. It took a long time. It took a lot of patience. Yes. I had to learn lots of stuff. Yeah. It was expensive. Yeah. <laughs> What's the other side of that? That, like, it worked out in the end. Okay, so for me, it was that you just get this relationship and this bond, but you know, even outside of the child, it's you get this fulfilling feeling that you've seen something through. And no matter what side you're on, you know that you had these chips stacked against you, and you are able to look back on it and be like, "Hey, I persevered," and in my heart, I was doing what was right. So I just say that that's a positive as a father, just that relationship with your child is second to none, even more than we brought up the money, any of that stuff. You can always get all of that back. Right. But that time being spent, I wish I could go back to those times, right. Waking them up in the morning, um, getting them ready for school, just, just being there sometimes even if you don't get custody, being able to spend that time and being able to go through those moments with them, um, 
whether it's seeing those first steps, whether it's, you know, helping them be potty trained, whether it's, uh, like I said, getting them up for school in the morning or dropping them off to school, being able to be present at those first days, because they, they really, children really remember that, right? So it's, that's fulfilling. And that's probably the greatest thing, just being able to be there. Yeah. Assert your presence. Yeah, being able to have, like you said, that relationship, that close relationship of being regularly involved, even if it's not, like you said, full custody, a park, like it's worth the journey. Exactly, yes. Every, everything else you're able to get back. Uh, I can honestly say, no matter, and I, and I like to be able to say for the mothers and the fathers, no matter what side you, you, you're going on, if you decide to take that journey, make sure you have a strong support system, right? And just some advice, don't, anything that's said in the courtrooms or anywhere else, just don't take it personal. You know you, you know yourself. And there's gonna be some things said, no matter who you are, you know, there's gonna be some things said and you're gonna look inward and be like, hey, is that me? And you're like, it's, it's not you. It's, you just take it down and understand that everybody has a job to do. And, and with this world that we live in, everybody has to vet these things. So you may feel like they're believing these things said about you, but it's their job to bet. Even if it's, it seems absurd, they have to look into it because so many absurd things are happening in the world. And you can, you know, as a therapist and a social worker, you, I'm sure you've heard the, the stories that you'd be like, you would not believe this, but had somebody who said something, you know, and you probably wouldn't believe, but it, you have to look into it because what if it is true, you know? Yeah. So you're talking about that. There's lots of things that can come about and be said and, and just court can get ugly and messy at times. And there can be a lot of fallout from that. Yeah. And it's a process to work through those things. And even when it can feel like you're under attack as an individual and you know that you're just trying to do, you're trying to be with your child, you know, you're just, you're just trying to whatever, whatever. And, and in a lot of situations, people can go to court and it can feel like almost character assassination. You're like, what is going on? Y'all <laughs> sound like this villain. Like, um, and I've heard it from men and women, people who go to court and just things, yeah. things get said, you know, pulling out folks, mental health, blah, blah, all kind of stuff. They had nothing. Yeah. Um, and like, and I appreciate you bringing for like, you know, you, you just have to be mindful that Fortunately, like this is this is sometimes a part of the process. These are lawyers getting into a courtroom trying to do their job. Yes. And boy, they gonna do it. You know? yeah. <laughs> yes. They're gonna earn their paycheck. They're gonna um and, and sometimes your 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 lawyer's gonna go in there and say and tell you things to do and you may not agree with it. But but you have to understand that's a person who's removed from the situation. So they have more of an objective view. Because I was like, when when I first had a garden at Lightham, I was like, look, all that stuff this man said, that's not true. You you cannot. Why am I having to pay this? But it's, they have to look at it from an, an objective view, right? So like I said, just it's mentally taxing. So mentally prepare yourself for the journey. And I say it's a journey. Make sure you have a strong support system. I remember times I have a friend named James that I just sit out there and we just, you know, open a beer and I just he'd just be a sponge and I just say everything to him and I appreciate him for that you know but definitely have a support system because oh, 
Yeah, that's a good point too. Because it's hard. It's a journey, and and it can feel like, man, I don't know if this is if this is getting me anywhere. Right. And there's a lot of things that we go through in life where we're like, I don't know what the other side of this is gonna be. I don't even know if it's gonna, you know, come out in the wash or if I'm just right. And to keep going through that right. takes a lot. <laughs> it takes yes. a lot. Yeah. A lot yeah. of resilience, a lot of perseverance to to push through those moments, knowing that you know it's a 50-50 shot to Correct. yes. Yeah. It, it is it's really a 50-50 shot, but on times you just have to understand that if I can get this on paper, then you know the you can only deviate so far, you know. And at at times we're not the best at depending on your relationship, you all might not be the best at self-governing, right? So it it may need a person to jump in and be like, hey, you guys do it this way. And even with the experience, you know, being naive, we probably, even if they would have left it to us, we probably wouldn't have made the best decision. The courts, you know, they're tried and true. They have studies, things of that sort. So they know how to break down things. Not saying that they're always right, but they do have an idea. So, you know, and and most of the time, new parents were just off the cuff. <laughs> I appreciate you giving that perspective. Like, that's because people get sensitive when it comes to talking about bringing the course in situation. But a lot of times that conversation seems to primarily focus around like child support only. Yeah. But a lot of people have that just kind of disdain of like, I don't want them in my business or exactly. you know, they don't need to tell us what to do and blah, 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 blah. blah. But like you said, sometimes we just we're really not in the right mind to Yeah. <laughs> right. Yes. Yes. And emotions come on both sides. So, you know, sometimes it needs to be an objective person. I can even say for people with child support, like it's I've seen the stories of like different sports players and things where they've been like, I asked her not to put me on child support. And then, you know, they they paid for years. And then I was watching this guy's story the other day. He paid for years. And then child turned 16, 17, went and put him on child support, said he hadn't been paying. Of course, said those were gifts. So mm -hmm. like I said, sometimes you're saving, even though, you know, you don't, you don't like it because nobody likes to have that, that over, that oversight, somebody having that thumb on what they are able to do. You know, you like to have that autonomy, but at times it can save you from a lot of headache on down the road. I'm glad you, yeah, that's a point too. And that is one thing. Once you do start involving the course, it can change the dynamics of certain things. And even something as an agreement y'all had to say, hey, I'll send you hundred dollars a month or whatever can become gifts, can become, you know, can turn into something totally different. And so for some people, and it sounds like that's what you're saying in your case, it felt easier to just be like, let's just go ahead and start this off rip. Right. Yes. You know, no problems later. We don't need to, you know, and it and like I said, it it takes the emotions out of it. So you could you probably you're gonna be upset at first. Eventually you'll probably be able to work together because everything that you need to argue about, you don't even have control over it no more, right? So you just like, all right. And then as the child gets older, you're just like, okay, well, all we really need to talk about who's going to meet who where. Do you get me? So, mm -hmm. and even that can be, 
if you decide to go strict by the order, even that can be figured out. They're going to meet at this place, this time, at this moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Two people getting out of the car, you know. So it, it can, they can really take everything that any autonomy out of this situation. And then, you know, it's so it, it helps in the long run, I can say, you know, right. from my experience. Yeah, because yeah. it sets it for both parties. Yeah. Right. It's not just and I think people feel like that, too. It's like it's rules for me. No, it's it's rules for both parties of everyone is saying, like, here, this is what you're going to do. This is what the agreement is going to be. Even in times of setting like visitation and stuff of, you know, nope, it's this parent's right that they're going to have their visitation on X day and X day. And that's it. <laughs> you gotta see that. And, and there are consequences when someone does not follow through on those things. And those things help, like you said, to cut out that arguing. Like, yes, nobody wants to argue with people. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Either parent nor the child. Right, right, and definitely not good for the child because they they see that right. Children feel friction more than you could ever understand, right? And they pick up on when things are not right. So, and they hear and they hear things that you don't even think they're hearing. I don't know if they got superior hearing or what, but they they do pick up on things. So you just want to make sure that it's just easiest for them. Because at the end of the day, you you do want, and the other person does want what's best for the child. Mm-hmm. I'm going to just add, they don't have superior hearing. Grown-ups be forgetting that kids have ears. Yeah. <laughs> what that is, they'll be like, oh, look at him, he's playing the game. He listening to us. Yes, he is. He all up in y'all conversation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it might not understand half of it, but they draw conclusions and pull out all kind of stuff. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. So what was that transition like for you to go from everything that had been going on, not seeing her regularly, stuff like that, to like, boom, full time, bang, bang, she's yours. She's, she's a partner. <laughs> so I'm going to be honest with you. I think like the first day, I think we just sat there and looked at each other for like three hours. Like, what you going to do? And uh, so the transition, it it was a blessing. It really made me become an adult and understand responsibility. So where it was like, get ready for work and, you know, roll out of bed 30 minutes early, brush my teeth, jump in the shower. Now it's like, okay, you got to get this little person. But I can say that for my child, for my my daughter, she was very independent. So after about, I think by the time she turned five, four or five, she was already getting herself dressed. You know, you just had to put the clothes out and just have her bowl of cereal, whatever she wanted to eat there. And she just go, you, I'll go back in the back and get dressed. But the, the transition really became the responsibility. It was seamless now I look back on it it wasn't as bad as what it appeared at the time because I was like okay all right now you got to go to bed and you you have to figure out a lot more when they stay with you like your discipline style all of that it's like you didn't all of this stuff you didn't take into account and you just have to figure it out it's it's weird like you know you if you see them two days a week and you see them do something wrong, you're like, oh, all right, don't do that anymore. And, you know, let's go do something else, right? But if you have them daily, you got to make sure this human eats and, you know, you have to make sure that they're not 
doing the wrong things all the time. And you have to explain to them a lot more. And it's not just, you know, fun all the time, you know, homework, all of that. Yeah, it was a heck of a transition. (laughs) I'm hearing you think, and I'm like, I know there's a single parent somewhere that's like, "Mm -hmm, mm -hmm." (laughs) mm-hmm. Yes, yes. It's it's really, it's like a heck of a transition. Mm -hmm. You look back on it. It's the time, so you're like, uh. yeah. But looking at, like, used to having to go towards accommodating just those everyday, day in, day out type of stuff. The things that you have to be concerned with are different than if you're seeing someone a couple of days out of the week versus like this is a full time thing. Even in terms of the expenses, yes, child full time versus not. Right. Yes. Yes. It's, so for me. I'm very anti-structure, right? I, whatever happens, it happens. And to this day, I'm kind of like that, right? I, I don't like plan. I'm just however the day goes on, I'm fine. You know, and just if it happens, oh, okay. If I want to, if I'm going to stay at work three, three extra hours, all right, fine. This came up, I'm fine, right? But when you, when you do get custody and things, you, you have to become more of a structured person. So, that was my biggest learning curve, right? Because I'm like, all right, no matter what happens, 5.30, I got to be there, pick them up, or they're going to start charging. So, ridiculous. <laughs> you know, it was, it, that was my biggest thing was structure for the transition, just having some kind of structure. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Because one, kids need structure, but then also you're now involved or, or regularly involved with all these other entities that the kids are involved in. Like, yeah. Kids daycare like just all these things that are like now yeah. I gotta talk to all these other adults about my child and <laughs> yes. Yes. and it also allows you to really appreciate what the other depending on the child's age what the other parent was going through right so it was like activities things like that where you're like all right I gotta pick you up we go home gotta get you dressed for say cheerleading practice or you know track or or whatever's going on or I've had this long day at work. I got to I gotta pick you up, go home. We got to do homework. And I got to edit. I don't feel like dealing with homework right now. But, you know, it's, it really adds. It, it almost, you almost have empathy for the other person and what they were doing. So, so how do you feel that journey helped you grow as a person, just as Rudy? Oh, I think it, it really helped me. It, it probably matured me about 10 years. Just because, like I said, I had just gotten out of college. So I was still halfway living the college life, having fun, you know, going out with my friends, you know, may come home at four o'clock, three, four o'clock in the morning, get up seven, go to work. You know, I was still young, man. So I be to work at eight, right? But then I started having to, I had to pick up that responsibility. So friends would call, couldn't go out like, hey, I got the kid got to stay home, got to do the homework, you know, and it also, you start seeing your friendships and relationships change, whereas you're starting to hang around more people's whose schedule fits yours. So whatever your child's involved in, you're probably going to hang around if, if it's a sport or whatever programs they're involved in, you'll be with more people who have that, whose child is in there and things of that sort. So. Yeah, that's how things change. You know, it pretty much changed my whole life. 
just mature. <laughs> so what has it been like being that? Because how old is she? She's 14. She's a yeah. whole a whole teenager. Yes. And I think she's been a teenager for like <laughs> mentally like three years now, but two or three years now, right? So now I can be honest with you. I'm just a, a, a bank and a chauffeur, it feels like at times, you know, but because she does stay with the other parent full time now. So the roles have reversed, mm-hmm. but um, it's a whole thing. <laughs> oh, okay. So what, so that's an interesting fact that you guys at some point decided to, what prompted that decision? Uh, she wanted to go. And as she got older, she had the things to change and it was for the best. You know, she wanted to go back over there. She was growing into a young lady and things. And it's just certain things you just don't want to talk to daddy about, you know, and it's, it's all right. It's fine. But, you know, but so I think it was the start of middle school. She, she wanted to go back. It sounds like it's some of that, like you said, the kind of the everyday in day out things, just as she was forming into a young lady, those everyday things yes. looked different. And it felt yes. like maybe maybe mom is can, can yes. Yes. things a little bit more yes yes the everyday things the you know and i, I just say it i think 2 to 11 might be the best age because uh <laughs> that teenager you can have it <laughs> you can have it you can have it oh i i had 2 to 11 but Fourteen, I don't. (laughs) I'd rather watch it, you know, with binoculars, you know, (laughs) and swoop in when I need to. But for the most part, you can have. So it sounds like even with some of the strife you mentioned at the beginning, of things that you and your co-parent have been able to form a better working relationship. Right. Yes. Yes. We definitely do. Um, and I can tell you. Even when we have to be in the same, like before, we if we had to be at the same place at the same time, you know, they'd be on one side of the room, I'd be on the other. But as time goes on, time heals, I like to say. We're able to have a working relationship. You know, my daughter has something going on or she's not doing something. And her mom be like, hey, can you talk to her? And I'll be like, yeah, I'll give her a call. Hey, what's up? What's going on? You know. So things have improved. I think it was a good decision to make that switch back, you know, at, at that age, because it would have ran me crazy. At that age. But then also, it's, it's again, y'all have had years of practice now. Right. right. Be able to, cool, we, we can maneuver. We got this. Everybody knows what's going on. Right. We can do this. I wanted to highlight that because I think it gives people hope that, you know, like you said, time goes on and, and yes. grow and mature and change and, and it can improve the co-parent relationship for the better mm-hmm. to where you can both go to a school play. You know? Yes, yes. And and you know what? It even changes the dynamics of things that you argue about because you have to remember, even when your child's getting older, you're getting older, you're getting wiser, you're becoming uh, and hopefully becoming a better person and being able to work work together with other people who may not, you may not have the best prior previous experiences, but you're able to get in there and be like, hey, 
we can figure this out, right? So just to refer back to, they tell you when you're going to meet things of this and, and when you need to have visitation, you know, when you're going through the courts, they, they map all that out. As things get better, it doesn't have to be set in stone anymore, right? Like her mom can call and be like, hey, we got this going on this weekend or, hey, I'm not able to bring her there. Can you come pick her up? And you don't feel like, ah, oh, she's just doing that. You know, there's some ulterior motive behind it. It's just, hey, they really got this going on. Let me see if I can be of an assistance, right? And in the beginning, you like, what the hell? <laughs> Do what? Where what? No, you got to, you, you see what it says right here. You see it. You're supposed to do this. So, like I said, as as the time goes on, even you're even you're more willing, and you'll see that from the other parent. Like they're more, willing. they're even okay. So if you come pick them up, if you drive them all the way this time, then I'll come pick them up when it's time to come back. Right. So it's it's just so much better as time goes on, and you understand like it's stressful to even be that way so it's like you know you just it you, you'll find yourself happier more and, and life will be better on the other side <laughs> life will be better as and I like I love that you highlighted it as, as both people mature because it is a process you are still growing and learning developing yeah. as you're going through these things as you're raising a child right and the other person is as well right they they stuff, <laughs> whatever stuff they brought to the situation as well and so um, I love that you highlighted that as both people kind of grow and mature and then you yourself can learn, okay, let me do some introspection before I just right. jump down this person's throat and try to see <laughs> what kind of common ground we can make here. And that just makes right. it better for everyone. Exactly. The better thing is, you know, you no longer see that person as the enemy. You see them as a co-parent. So you understand that you're on the team and you guys aren't opposite. So it life just gets, like I said, it just gets better with more maturity. And when you start to reflect, you understand some things that you did wrong and how you didn't help the, the situation and as well as the other person. But while you're in it, only that person did everything wrong. So it, it's, a, it's a learning process. I just love that you're sharing the wisdom <laughs> yeah. the with us because, hey, we all need those moments of being like, yeah. And I and it's because it's helpful and it's so important to reflect on those moments too of like, you know right. what, looking back. I could have done better. Yeah. <laughs> but I but now I know. And that's why, and to even give the caveat of I haven't always known everything. Right. Yes. But you couldn't tell me that back then, you know. <laughs> <laughs> like I was learning every day, but I knew that everything out there was right, right? <laughs> Now I look back, like, what were you thinking? And, and you know, the biggest thing that you figure out is as you mature, you you held it out longer and, and things were worse than what they could have been because both people got stubborn. But like I said, as mature, as you mature, you understand that and, and with the growth that you know it didn't always have to be that way. Mm -hmm. This is great. I'm loving this discussion of how much growth can impact folks. Yeah. What about being a girl dad? What's that been like for you? Okay, so up until about third, probably about fourth grade, it was normal, right? It's just like any other kid. From my experience, I have to say that um, my daughter was 
extremely independent. Like it's, I didn't have to wake her up. I think I had to teach her. Okay, so I got I have a son who's a year younger, and through elementary school, I think from about third grade on up until they got to sixth grade, they they stayed across the street from each other in Atlanta until the quarantine, actually. So it was, I could really contrast and compare, and it was pretty much the same for them. They just had different activities and things. But one day in fifth grade, I got a call that I was not prepared for. And that's the only difference. Like my little girl had turned into a lady, right? And at school and I had to, I didn't know what to do. And so that was, that was it. Uh, I hate to say it like that way, but you know, all the emotions I'm driving there and I called my cousin and she's like, Hey, get us some ice cream, go to the store, pick up these things and you'll be fine. I'm trying to think back besides that, what are like the, the real things? I'm like that protective dad. So it's like, I'm just, don't want you to fall. Don't want you to scrape your leg. Don't want you to do anything, right? But with my little boy, with my son, it's like, I had to really grow for with him because I, as the relationship went, I actually had to grow up more with him as well because I was raising him how I was raised, but I feel like how I was raised, it was that 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 place in life no longer exists. You get what I'm saying? Like so much has changed, right? So it's okay for a boy to be emotional. It's okay for a boy to, you know, have feelings and understanding. And 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 you have to understand that. Like I remember, I'll give you an instance. When my son was younger, of course, he's not gonna do this now. And he's probably, if he hears this, he's gonna be upset. He liked to hold hands while we'd be in a mall, right? And it and I had to, even though I didn't say anything, I had to consciously, I had to get comfortable with holding his hand while we're walking through the mall, right? But it wasn't comfortable to me because I would have never had the courage to grab my dad's hand while we were in the mall and us walk, walk through the mall, right? <clears throat> For my daughter, and it was almost flipped because she wouldn't dare hold my hand. She doesn't want to be touched. She doesn't, none of that, right? So what, what I'm saying is, even just like being a girl dad or a boy dad or anything, you just, it's all dynamic. It changes all the time. And there are no roles. There, there really aren't. Like I thought you'd be tough over here and you just sweet as pie over here, you know, tough for the boy and just, just be, you know, a marshmallow for the girl. And it, because that's what I was, I was taught. That's the way, you know, things kind of work when I was, well, as I was growing up in, in my household, it's not like that, you know, <laughs> but uh, to answer your question, just as being a girl dad, it's almost, it's pretty much the same as, you know, being boy dad, because there aren't any like clear cut things and you're not really trying to, you want them to be who they are. So you're not trying to steer them into these things like, my daughter, she's going to do creative things, you know, wall art, yarn, you know, things of that sort. But it's not something that's just particularly for a girl. It's just what her ideas are. And for my son, he's going to play video games, but my daughter's going to play video games. So it's, it, to me, personally, I could just say I didn't see that much of a difference. 
um, because you're just whatever their interests are, you're just cool with. Man, I feel like that's a whole other conversation we could do. <laughs> but I love it because thinking of the comparison, like, because what you were saying there, the challenge was changing your thinking. Um, like you said, like, you're like, that, nah, they're, they're just being kids. They just have their yeah. way of doing things. I had to have the, the transition and realizing that my son and my daughter are not that different. That right. my son, <laughs> well, not that different in terms of their needs or the ways that I can show them affection. Right. And things like that. That's a really interesting take. Yeah. I mean, like, it's both of them at times they're going to come over there and hug and, you know, want to lay on me if I'm on the couch. Like, again, not so much now because they're teenagers and, well, that's just not happening. But, like, it, like I said, I had to grow because my boy, I was just like, hey, I don't know if you, you know, at first I'd be like, I don't know why he wants to do this. But then I learned it was nothing wrong with him. It was the fact that the way I was raised made me uncomfortable for doing the, uh, for these things that happen. But it was a deficiency on my part, not his, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what prompted that extra awareness instead of being like, no, don't hold my hand. You know, just because some people have that knee-jerk reaction, that thought, and they double down on it. They rock with it. This how I was raised, whatever. But to be able to have that moment of like, wait, I'm, I'm tripping. Um, I don't know. I can tell you, I started um, as I got older, like we hit on it, the way you were, or you're not always right. You get what I'm saying? So I started understanding things in my childhood that even though it wasn't necessarily too, too bad, but things weren't always right, if that makes sense. So I found myself in acting. I wasn't even being myself. I understood that I was acting the way I thought I was supposed to act, right? So once I started becoming more comfortable, of course, this is through counseling, things of that sort, I understood that maybe, you know, that, like I said, I'm not, I'm not the litmus test for what's right and what's not right. So that's what helped me be aware. And the more you're around people, the people that you admire, you start to see that maybe if you take on those qualities, then you get those results. Right. So I didn't, I didn't want my children to, to ever like fear me or they couldn't come to me with something or like that. So it's like, I want you, I want you to be comfortable. If you got something going on, come tell me, right? So I'm not going to be your complete friend, but I need you to, to be comfortable enough to let me know where certain things are going. And that's just, I guess that's what happened. Especially, like I said, I had that time with my daughter where it was just me and her one-on-one. So I feel like, uh, the dynamics are good. So, you know, she would, she would come to me if, if something's going on and I could be a voice of reason, right? Uh, other things, she's going to go to her mom, you know, like that. But with him, I wanted him to be able to feel comfortable with me. And I knew if I pulled, like when he wanted to hold hands, I pulled my hand away, he wasn't going to be comfortable. He would feel just how I felt as a child. Like, okay, I got something going on. Let me go run to mom, tell mom, if I can't tell her, then I'm not telling nobody. So, like I said, when I became more um, in tune with myself then, and I could see my wrongs, then I started being able to 
you know, let let go of this frame that I thought I needed to be in. Dropping gems, dropping gems on here today. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I want to thank you again so much for coming and sharing your wisdom and experience and all these things that you, all these gems that you've gathered from your experience and sharing them with us here at Parents Our People. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure being here, like I said at the beginning. Yeah, I definitely hope that people hear this, <laughs> hear this and gain some new information, some insight, maybe some motivation to make whatever change, push through whatever process you have going on in your life. Yes, I hope so. I thank you. Thank you guys so much for listening. I truly hope that you enjoyed this episode. If something in it resonated with you, please share this with a friend and a loved one. You can also leave a rating and a review so other people can find us. Check me out at my website, parentsrepeople.net. You can also find me on Instagram at parents, the letter R, people. And you can come on there to look at some pictures and discuss the episode and find some good quotes and snippets there. Thanks for listening. 